Hi everyone, it's Corinne Hindreger. You are listening to the Embodied Thriving Self podcast, a series where I invite you on an inner and outer journey to align with your soul, unlearn who you thought you needed to be, and become your most authentic and thriving self. So you too can create the magical ripple effect in your life and business you came here to do. Hi everyone, it's so good to connect with you again today. Today I have the pleasure to bring to you a dear mentor and a teacher of mine, Joanna Lindenbaum. She has such a huge gift she's bringing to this world. It's all about integrity and facilitation skills so we can truly help people instead of halfway coaching practices. And she has so much wisdom to share with us. And today I invited her to speak to us a little bit about how the seasons of life and business may impact us and how we can use those energies to make life and business a bit, little bit easier for us. Thank you for being here, Joanna. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's just such a pleasure and an honor to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> me too. It's just always so nice to connect with you. It's lovely to see you. So I would love to maybe hear your point of view about what you're seeing, how the different seasons are impacting us, or what is the issue when we try to ignore them and just push through sort of this next iteration of life or business? Yeah, it's such a great question. And, you know, I think where to start with it is to say, um, and I know you and I have spoken about this a lot, is that in today's culture, in our modern culture, in our patriarchal culture, there's only one pace. And that pace is go, 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 produce, 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 more, 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 more. And um, while sometimes that might actually yield more things, for the most part, it just, it doesn't serve us as human beings. It doesn't serve our nervous systems. It doesn't serve our well-being. And, and here's the other piece that most people don't realize, we actually don't, almost all of the time, we don't get things done quicker when we're just going, 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 doing, doing, doing. That's because we end up exhausted. We end up sick if we overwork ourselves. And even if we're a get it done person and we don't feel the exhaustion or the anxiety or whatever it is, that one dimensional pace, at some point we lose our creativity. We lose our inspiration. We, we lose our ability to actually um, function at our highest levels. Yeah. So, I'm a student of the seasons and of nature. And one thing I've learned over the decades is that, you know, we can always learn a lot by looking at nature. And one of the things that I've really come to see is just like nature has four seasons or four phases. Um, nature isn't go, 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 go all the time. Maybe we can call that summer, right? We can't have, you know, endless summer. Same with human beings and same with our projects, whether it's a business project, whether it's a home project, whether it's a relationship that we're in, whether it's a, a habit. Um, 
we need different paces because it goes just like the seasons, it goes cyclically. And um, the more that we can really honor the different phases of any project or any part of our life, the happier we'll be ultimately, the more productive we'll be, the more well-being we're going to have. It's, it's so true, especially looking around these days, so many people, they face all the same things like the chronic fatigue and the burnout and insomnia. And like, it's, you know, it has a reason our nervous system is just triggered all the time and under so much pressure that we can't be healthy and content and happy. And um, it always will show up in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. For some people, like you're saying, is burnout or chronic fatigue. For other people, it's dissatisfaction or constant anxiety or feeling triggered or angry or you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I also so resonate deeply with the creativity part. Like when we're always in summer and we're always pushing and doing and, and trying to get this to this next level of income or whatever it might be of chasing after fulfillment. And we can't have fulfilling ideas or creativity bursting outside of us because there is just no more energy to give. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And unfortunately... Um, it's something that is that we need to learn for ourselves. It's not just naturally modeled in the culture. It's, these things are so deeply embedded in our belief systems that we don't even question around what it means to be successful in the world, what it means to be valuable in the world. You know what what a happy life is and. Most of those things center around we need to always do more, be more. It has to be perfect. Growth needs to be constant. Yeah. Do you feel like it has a lot to do with um, the shame that is um, sort of projected upon us or we feel when we are not productive, a sort of part of the society or not? Uh, we might not be um, in the doing mode. It's cultural and personal and the two are connected. So because culture holds certain values, um, you know, it, number one, like it seeps into our systems, whether it's a job or whether it's what marriage looks like or what a nice home, you know, whatever it is. And then it seeps into families and then parents unwittingly or unknowingly hold those beliefs. And that's where I think a lot of shame can come in as well. And until we kind of really inspect what are these beliefs that we're holding around productivity, around how we move forward, around perfection, unless we inspect them and break pattern, uh, we're just passing these beliefs on generation to generation. And nothing will ever change. And, and like, there is always sort of one, uh, yeah, one member of the family needs to change that or needs to bring awareness to it so more can change. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. And I think the other, you know, there's another piece here about honoring things that we haven't traditionally honored. Mm. So, 
you know, we've already kind of mentioned one of the seasons, summer. Um, but I'll, why don't I even just start, I'm going to start with spring and kind of lay out a little bit metaphorically what each of those are. Um, and then we can, then we can talk about this honoring piece, which is really important. So because the seasons go in a cycle, there's no start or end, but we'll start in the spring. So and if we look at any project, we can think about the project in terms of these four cycles or seasons. So spring is about new ideas, new energy. It's about planting seeds. It's when, um, and those seeds are starting to sprout. And the animals that have been in the long hibernation of winter, they're finally starting to come out. It's all about newness and freshness and vibrancy and energy. And we need spring in order to start new projects, whether it's a new business, a new romantic relationship, deciding to find a new home, starting a new meditation practice, whatever it is, we need that spring phase, which is kind of new and exciting and visioning. And, and um, we can almost think of it as like a, a young person who's like, everything is exciting. We need that kind of excitement and burst of energy to start something new. That being said, the amount of energy that it takes to start something new can't be sustained. That's because we need bursts of energy to start something. Just like when a woman um, gives birth to a, to a baby, there's a burst of energy with the Pitocin. But that can't be sustained to raise the baby for the next 20 years. And that's when we move into this energy of summer. So once we've set the foundations and we've started the new project, the new habit, the new thing, then we move into summer, which is about persistent and consistent growth. It takes a lot of energy, but it's a different kind of energy than the spring. It's like the sun, it's the, the shining and the watering every day. It's kind of like after that push of the giving birth to the baby, then the mother every day nurses and gives milk and then replenishes milk. It's hard work in the summer. It's actually not easy. Um, and especially because there can be stops and starts and we think we've planted an apple tree, but it shows up as strawberries or it doesn't grow right away. And so this is, this is the summer phase. Some people never even make it to the summer phase because they love shiny objects and they like to stay in the excitement of new things and then they can never grow anything. These are the people that are just starting this project and that project and the other one, but they're not bringing that sustained energy of the summer to grow the project. Summer is great, we get a lot done. But we can't, even with that sustained uh, energy, the, the consist, persistent and consistent, we need at some point to move on to the next phase, which is the autumn, which is the harvest. Autumn energy is about 
um, you know, I've worked all summer and now there's apples on the tree. And instead of continuing to work to plant more apple trees and grow more apple trees, I'm gonna take the time, pluck the apple off the tree to enjoy the fruits of my labor, to take a nice bite out of it and celebrate and say, ah, oh, I accomplished this. I can celebrate this. Um, we don't in our culture take the time to harvest enough to celebrate to enjoy the fruits of our labor not to mix metaphors but to use the metaphor of like climbing a mountain we work so hard to climb mountains we get to the top of the mountain and then instead of pausing at the top of the mountain to enjoy the view and say oh I climbed here. Instead, we say, oh my gosh, there's a taller mountain and I have to get to that peak. And we just rush there. It's also like the, the thing is like what we hear, especially this time of the year, it's like, come on, you gotta have the last push. Like in September, it starts, everyone is saying like, just the last push. Just make sure that you put in, uh, put out this other offer to make this next level of, you know, money and, and and it's like yeah but how about just cherishing what you've got how about just celebrating what you've got absolutely and you know for those of us that are coaches and healers and transformational practitioners it's i believe it's part of our responsibility to support our clients to take the time to do the celebrating and the pausing and enjoying the fruits of their labor. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, we can't just be, uh, you know, just get it done. Coaches, we, we really, in our work with clients, we wanna honor each of these phases. Sometimes the harvest phase can be difficult for people also because they didn't grow the fruit that they wanted to grow in that cycle. They launched a program, they thought they would have 30 people, maybe only eight came in or it didn't work out. And so it feels like, oh, there's nothing to harvest here. But even in those cases, and again, this is an important coaching principle too, we wanna reframe. We wanna say, okay, well, what did I receive from this experience? What lessons can I take? You know, what did I learn? What did I enjoy? What did I get here? It's an important piece too, because without that, it's very hard to start again, because eventually we're gonna want another spring, relaunch, launch something else. And if we haven't um, owned whatever the fruits of the labor were from the last cycle, we're gonna not have the motivation to do it again. It ties also in into sort of the, the idea of that energy follows energy. When I'm sort of finishing off a program, being disappointed, having the focus, the energy of being disappointed, I will only attract more of that. That's While right. when we change the perspective and looking at it from what we did get out of it, what we did learn, what the gifts were in it, then of course more of that has a chance to come in. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's so important or else we do get stuck in what didn't happen, how it didn't go well, all of that. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about winter, which is also, you know, an essential phase after that harvest and the autumn, there has to be a winter. There has to be a rest. Mm. There has to be a, a pause, um, a, some kind of hibernation. And I should say, we don't have to match the actual seasons of the year. Um, a winter phase doesn't have to be three months long at a particular time of year. Some winter phases are three months long, some are three weeks long, some are a year long. It depends on what we need and where we're at. But that winter phase is about the rest, the pause, and the letting go of whatever happened in this last cycle that we don't want to take with us into the new cycle. Without the this winter, this is another place where we get into the burnout and the overwhelm. But without really honoring the winter, this is where we get stuck. You know, sometimes we need to grieve losses. We need to grieve what didn't grow. We, you know, the winter is when we do that. And when we bypass the grieving, we're not setting ourselves up for a powerful or aligned next cycle either. The other thing, and this goes back to the creativity we were talking about before, when do we dream? We don't dream in the light of day when there's full clarity, like in the spring or the summer and when things are so busy. We dream at night when it's dark and where there's more space for new ideas to come through. If we don't give ourselves that pause of winter, we're too full and we already see too much to actually allow new ideas and creativity to come through. Mm, that's so true. And also when we looking at nature in a physical way, it's like trees do the most growing in winter, their root system grows. And yes. it's like, once we can dream this sort of these roots are able to take place or to grow. And, and then when, the new seasons come, we actually, we have the capacity because we did build the root system to go with it, to, to have the energy to get things done in That's the next right. spring and summer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, the leaves and the flowers, none of it would be able to grow in the spring and the summer. If in the winter, it wasn't rooting down and getting stronger below the ground where you can't see things. Yeah. And looking at the seasons and looking at the gifts of it, like what do you think or what do you feel that most people are sort of missing out if they don't align to them? And what could they maybe do to bring in more of the wisdom of the seasons or honoring more the pace of the season in their life? Oh, such good questions. So in terms of the missing out, you know, it's so much of what we're talking about. It's giving yourself the space, giving yourself the well-being, allowing yourself to rest, not sleepwalking through your life, just, you know, being a doer, 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 perfection, 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 more, more, more. It's very robotic. 
in a way. And so many people just live their lives, like I said, just kind of sleepwalking through, exhausting themselves, but sleepwalking through. And then they they feel unsatisfied. They feel like, what, you know, am I really living the life that I want? Mm -hmm. And it's because we haven't taken the time to slow down, to honor, to see what's working, to see what's not, to actually vision what it is we want for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so I think that, you know, those are big pieces of what we miss out on. Um, and fun too. You know, we, 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 there's not a lot of space for fun in this kind of template of get more done and do more work. There's not a lot of space for real connection and being in our bodies in this template of get more done and do more work. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, ironically, a lot of the time you end up creating more when you do give yourself these seasons. The pauses. In terms of practical, oh, sorry, did you want to say something? No, no, like, yeah, when we, once we honor our pauses, then we get so much more out of it. And it's like, I always see it as like, we, we need to pause to speed up in a sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Agree. Agree. And then in terms of practical applications, I mean, there's so many, but what I would say to people to start is start on maybe what's the hardest place for many of us, which is where can I take more pauses? Where can I take more breaks and also and this is a hard question what are the projects relationships and things in my life that are actually ready for a winter that are actually ready to be let go of or given a sabbatical and i say it's hard because we tend to cling on to things even when it's time for them to be let go of or to just be given a rest. So it, it's as much about us resting as it is about knowing which of our projects needs a little bit of a rest Yeah, as well. I found um, what was really helping me to really implement more of the, the winter season and more of the pauses was to notice that Usually I resist it the most when I don't want to feel a particular feeling, when I don't want to feel emotion. And it, it, it shows again because winter is connected to the element water and water is connected to feelings. And, and so like starting to honor that when we are sort of distracting ourselves from pausing, that it might just mean that we need to allow whatever feeling that might be not so comfortable to, to take place. And this also helps us to, again, honor the other feelings, the opposites, because so many people can't feel joy. They don't know what joy is anymore or fulfillment because they numb all the feelings that are unpleasant. And so 
I found that really helped me looking at um, the pauses in winter through that lens by allowing me that I can invite more of the joy and the, the fulfillment into my life. Mm, I love that. It's so true. I mean, one of the gifts of winter, if we're willing to really be with it, is that we do get to sit in the shadows. And then, you know, as you're talking about it, it feels important to mention, again, from a coach or a practitioner point of view, we as practitioners, it's so vital for us to be doing our own inner work and for us to be willing to feel our own emotions and for us to not be scared of sitting with our own shadows because we can only take our clients as far and as deep as we've gone ourselves. And like we were saying earlier, energy follows energy. So if we as practitioners have a discomfort with grief or a discomfort with anger or a discomfort with full presence and, and being in the body, we can't really hold space for our clients to be able to do that as well. Yeah, so, so true. And then it's, um, it's sort of, uh, for me, it's always connected to uh, spiritually bypass in a sense, sort of, um, you know, showing this perfect picture of how life's supposed to be, but then um, it has no depth. Yes. It's so and then telling everyone else, like, you need to live this way. Yeah, the realness is often missing. And I feel like honoring the seasons helps us to come back to the realness and the depth of who we are. Yeah, I mean, I 100% and it's so well said, to be human is to be light and dark, is to experience joy and grief. And they're not even separate. I always say joy is right on top of grief, is right on top of joy, is right on top of grief. And when we only honor the spring and summer, as most of culture does, then we're, we're dishonoring autumn and winter and, and we're putting parts of ourselves into shadow. We're, we're saying parts of our human experience are um, not okay, are mm -hmm. shameful, um, are not appropriate. And then that never leads to good things. We always want to lean into honoring and acceptance of the full spectrum and range of our messy human experiences. There is no perfect. <laughs> I think exactly. the only thing we can do, we can be perfectly imperfect. And that's, mm -hmm. that's good enough. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you feel called to, to share or you would like to, the world to know that you feel would help them? So much, but I think the first thing that came up when you asked that question is one of the, I mean, this is so simple and so obvious, but sometimes it's the simple and obvious <laughs> that we need to hear again and again and again. One of the reasons that we're cut off from these vital seasons that, that you and I have been talking about today is because in modern culture, we're cut off from nature. Mm -hmm. we're, cut off, we're cut off 
and disconnected and removed from the earth. We have artificial light at night, so we're cut off and disconnected from the moon and her cycles. We're, we're literally disconnected from the cycles and all of nature. Um, but we can do something about this. Uh, and the simple thing to do is to commit to connecting more to nature, to noticing the moon as she moves through her cycles each month to noticing the small changes in the tree outside of our home as it moves through each of the parts of the seasons and the cycles to get outside. And I know it sounds hippie-ish, but like to lay on the earth and connect to the aliveness of all of it and the cyclical nature of all of it. When we honor and connect with the earth more, we cannot help but also bring it into our life and our projects more because we're part of nature. We, it's just that we've forgotten it. It's so beautiful. You said it really resonates with me. Like we've just forgotten it. Yeah. And it's not about, it's just not about learning it. It's more about discovering that part within us again. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and embodying it. it, not not being an observer of nature, but remembering that we're part of nature. It's inside of us. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah, and and so true. And and it's sometimes like it's it's the simple things that have the most effect on us. I find yes. it's not always the easiest to implement because they're so simple, but it's so deeply rewarding once we start to do that. Yeah, I agree. I so yeah. agree. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. If someone would like to learn more about you and um, and maybe your work and get in contact with you, like how could they find you? How can they connect with you? Oh, great question. So I have a website and it's Applied Depth Institute. Dot com and there's lots of information there and also if you go to that website i have a free gift we've spoken a little bit today about the shadow and it's a pdf uh that's all about Jungian shadow and what it is and some beginning tips for practitioners to be able to understand it a bit more that's wonderful. I will also link it in uh, the, the show notes and in the description so everyone can find it. And is there anything else you'd love to share for today before we wrap up? I think that's it. I feel like we covered a lot in a short period of time. It's just been such an honor to be able to have the conversation and to talk about these things that are just so, so important to me. I always appreciate you so much and for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for being here with me today. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me and listening to the Embodied Thriving Self podcast. I appreciate you and the journey you have been on that led you to this community. I hope to connect with you again in the next episode. In the meantime, I appreciate your shares and reviews. Please always remember, you are not broken. You are worth it and deserving to align with your soul and thrive as you create magic in all you touch.